Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first video podcast um, on Column for Christ. I'm your host, Crystal Yang, and today I have a special guest with me, Jacob Yang. Some of you guys may know him, some of you guys may not. He's currently a pastor at First Mo Missionary, Christian Missionary Alliance Church in Kansas City, Kansas, and he's currently finishing his doctoral in studies. All right, so let's get uh, started. Today's topic is uh, feminism and its influence upon the church. So we have seen how the first, second, third, and fourth waves of feminism um, has come across the United States in the past 20, 30 years and how it's affected the church. In uh, this postmodern era, we have movements such as the Me Too movement, such as the pro-choice movements, and even the girl boss movements uh, where uh, women are trying to push uh, more of uh, females into the political leadership standpoint or into the church as well. Um, so with that said, Jacob, have you seen this fourth wave of feminism influence the church towards any direction that's contradictory to the Bible? Okay, so um, the simple answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there are a lot of issues that we can talk about, but of course there are some more urgent issues now that I think we all feel the weight of. Um, but I, I first want to preface this by saying that a lot of... Um, secular thought actually influences the church today. So not only feminism, Mm -hmm. but obviously that's what we're talking about today. Um, But all kinds of secular philosophies do pollute and they do uh, corrupt the beliefs and the practices of the church today. And this is where the church has to learn to faithfully think through what God's word teaches so that our beliefs and our practices uh, would be honoring to God um, and uh, that it would be for the good of the church and for for all people. Um, So... Now, I, I do think that we first need to affirm that where feminism, um, especially like the present day, like radical feminism that we yeah. see today, um, where it's really gone wrong is that it assumes that the issue, and this is one of the main issues, so I'm going to go here first. Mm-hmm. Um, it assumes that the issue of being of equal value as man and woman requires that at the same time, we also have equal roles mm-hmm. or functions in everything for both men and women. But this is where, um, sorry. This is where um, Christians who understand that the Bible in its entirety is God's word, we have to push back and disagree sharply because we realize that although men and women are created equally because we're created in the image of God, yet still God has determined from the beginning of creation Mm -hmm. um, that men and women are to fulfill different roles um, in ways that together honor God and and bring about human flourishing. So, for example, in this issue of men and women equality but different roles, Men are to flourish in and enjoy their God-given roles, and women are to do Mm -hmm. the same. And neither is to resent their God-given role. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, neither is to covet the other's Mm -hmm. gender role, which is um, given by God. So, um, yes, um, feminism, especially radical feminism, fourth wave, all sorts of waves, have um, really impacted the church today, affected it, I think, um, in negative ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ultimately this comes down to a worldview, uh, issue now yeah. um, and that, and namely that rather than viewing the world through being informed and transformed by God's truth, mm-hmm. uh, we're f- actually following the society, the world's thinking in how we're supposed to view the world. And I think that's very dangerous. Yeah. And I just want to throw it out there too, that I'm not saying that, and we're not saying that, oh, the Me Too movement is bad. I think the movement has really helped a lot of females to go out there and 
tell their story of how they've been physically, uh, sexually abused in the workplace or even at the in the Olympics. You know, those are all great things where men were prosecuted for the wrongdoings. You know, I, and I do want to say that there is some good to these movements, um, but like you said, like radical feminists. Um, where it can really influence the church or society to lean towards a direction that's dangerous. Sure, yeah. yeah, and I think like women's rights in terms of like reproductive rights and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that really infringes on the biblical teaching mm -hmm. about, you know, I think there are certain, obviously certain limitations to our freedom, yeah. right? Yeah. Like killing another human life exactly. is not a free freedom that we have. Mm -hmm. So re even, you know, the, when we're talking about reproductive rights or whether we're talking about the the, the roles of men and women, I think that a lot of secular thought driven by radical feminism has infiltrated the church, and we have to be very careful mm -hmm. about that. And, like, I think the one of, like, one thing that really shocked me this year was going back and reading Genesis, and um, I forgot exactly what verse it was, but it was in Genesis chapter uh, 1, and it talked about how after um, Adam and Eve, after or Eve ate the fruit, and Adam ate it after chapter Eve. Chapter 3, right, just to Chap be sure. Oh, chapter 3? Okay, yeah. sorry, yeah, mm -hmm. chapter 3, um, there was a verse that said that uh, because of what Eve has done, like, woman will always work to fight against what, what the male wants. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I think that kind of goes back to uh, what I said uh, earlier is that God created us, and He has the cre He has the prerogative mm -hmm. as the Creator yeah. to to create us equally, uh, because we're, we we man and woman bear the image of God. But at the same time, He has the right to assign specific roles, mm -hmm. and we are not to resent the roles that God gives us. Yeah. In, in fact, those roles are supposed to bring about gladness and human yeah. flourishing mm -hmm. and glory to God. Yeah. And neither are we to desire the other person's role yeah. that God has given because, uh, again, God has created things in a way that mm -hmm. men have a certain role and women have a certain role. Yeah. And we're to embrace that mm -hmm. and find joy in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. In the article for in an article on Christianity Today, it was stated that female pastors are on the rise. Uh, so one of every eleven Protestant pastors are women, and the number continues to double. We see that in denominations such as the American Baptist groups, certain American Baptist groups, and the PCSUA, PCUSA, and ELCA. So what I see and what I have, everything that I've read about, it seemed like. For me, you know, feel free to disagree or put your thoughts on it. For me, it seems like feminism really championed this motion for churches to move towards allowing women into leadership roles as elders or pastors, um, just so that they, they don't get uh, ridiculed or so that they can be in line with the whole social justice with Black Lives Matter. That's a whole different topic, but um, just so they can be aligned and allow for this whole equal opportunity um, in the church. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at it historically, it does go a whole lot further mm -hmm. back, you know, into like the 50s and 60s with like mainline Protestant denominations. Um, who, uh, But yeah, certainly today as well, modern day feminism has strongly and negatively influenced mm -hmm. um, the church today in regard to like confusion over the matter of pastoral leadership in the church. Yeah, And of course, the issue is, um, can women be placed in the position, the place, the role, whatever you want to call it? Of the pastor. Um, but we do need to consider the fact here, and I think this is an important thing that we need to realize, yeah. is that the kinds of denominations that you just named there 
are historically liberal denominations. Mm-hmm. Um, so simply put, they don't believe that all of the Bible is God's word. That's what it means to be a, 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 yeah. a Christian liberal, right? Yeah. Um, and therefore, I would say that not believing the Bible in its entirety undermines mm-hmm. the very clear teaching. Yeah, and that's that already men, an issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that only men are supposed to be elders and pastors in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so in other words, one of the main reasons why liberal denominations, the ones that you just talked about, um, literally all liberal denominations believe that women can serve as pastors or elders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting because um, uh, his, historically now, the, the progression is that the next step in a lot of those cases is mm-hmm. is ordaining, um, you know, uh, people uh, that are homosexual, right, in sexual orientation, all that stuff, right, homosexuals, yeah. LGBTQ, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, th- those are the next folks that yeah. are going to be and and already are yeah, ordained I've seen in a some of those, of those. denominations, yeah. right? Um, and so uh, it's really interesting, though, that one of the main reasons why liberal denominations believe that women can serve as pastors or elders is because mm-hmm. they either simply don't believe the parts of Scripture, mm-hmm. right, that say that women cannot be pastors, like First Timothy chapter two or three or Titus chapter yeah. one, okay, or they say or they they end up saying things like, "Well, we know Paul said that, but what he actually meant to say was this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that where they try to translate and put, oh, like elder was meant this and that. And yeah, it's, yeah. Sometimes it's translation. Yeah, sometimes it's translation. Sometimes it's flat out saying that's not really what Paul meant to say. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how how can you ever argue with that? But the mm-hmm. reason why they can do that is because they don't actually believe that all of the Bible yeah. is actually God's word. They yeah. can choose which parts mm-hmm. they believe are, are the Bible. So which we would not agree with. Because mm-hmm. Paul clearly gives his reasons why he does not permit women to teach or have authority over men. And that's not like a cultural reason or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The reason that Paul says men are to be pastors and spiritual leaders mm-hmm. in the church and in the home as well is because God created men to fulfill that role. Yeah, because he said so. So essentially, it's not really, a, it's not even a feminism issue. It's the a word of God issue where they're not holding the word of God to 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 what it is. You right, know? right. And if you start off with a feminist position as your foundation for thinking, mm-hmm. you're going to come up with a feminist interpretation of scripture. Yeah. Right. You're going to mm-hmm. reject some things. You're mm-hmm. going to agree with some things, but it's all got to agree with your basic foundational beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Your worldview. So that's why a lot of feminism ends up interpreting the scriptures the way that they mm-hmm. end up doing that. But if you read the Bible uh, in a literal, uh, straightforward fashion, you're, you're not going to get that kind of interpretation. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've seen some people use, and this is like, you know, widespread across the internet, where some people have used Mary as, oh, well, if she didn't, you know, preach or she wasn't this pastor, then no one would have known that Jesus, you know, rose from the dead. You know, she was yeah. the per- first pastor. She's the first preacher. Sure. So what, what do you think about that? Because I, I see that, and I think, yeah. um, I forgot Desiring God wrote a blog about that, I think. Sure, um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't uh, really see that as like a, a valid argument. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I don't see that as a valid argument is because all believers are supposed to share their faith. We're yeah. supposed to tell people about the gospel and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But this is talking about within the context of a church, right? Of a local church gathering that it needs spiritual oversight it needs authority and that authority and oversight really comes through mm-hmm. the office of the pastor elder which yeah. is limited to men mm-hmm. so so yeah um share the gospel with everyone yeah. that you have an opportunity to yeah. no problem mm-hmm. right but then in the in the gathering of the church 
uh, God still has uh, order. He mm-hmm. still has a, a structure for authority within yeah. the church. Um, and so um, I think we're talking about two different things and you can't use one reason to justify another when it's not actually related in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, one thing too that really worries about worries me as I just look at the church in our present situation is um, I, I'd just like to say that it seems to me that the secular movement, whatever it's concerned with, seems to be the concern of the church today. In other words, the secular agenda seems mm-hmm. to be driving the church today. And I'm exactly. really, I'm really worried about that. It's not mm-hmm. that the church shouldn't be worried about what's happening societally, yeah. but when our doctrines, our beliefs and our practices are being driven by the concerns of the society and, yeah. and they're being end- aligned to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. in the end, we're actually aligning with mm-hmm. the, the secular culture, right? Versus I think we we understand in so many cases, in probably most cases, the scriptures, God's truth is actually very countercultural. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and when we see ourselves aligning with the actual culture, a time, you know, one time after another, mm-hmm. I think that's time to to that's a that's a that's a cause for pause, right? Yeah. There. No, exactly. Yeah. And it goes back to your point with feminism. If we look at the word of God from a feminism standpoint, we're not going to get it for all it's worth. That's right. You know. That's right. Yeah. So we're no we're going based on our subjectiveness now. That's it's right. no longer objective. Where Jesus no longer is the object of truth, but our feelings and our society, how we have lined it to becomes our truth in reading the word of God. A- absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So uh we have to be aware of our biases and of course we all have biases. We can't yeah. escape those. But then all of our biases need to be continually being conformed yeah. to by the word of God so that we develop a conscious uh, Christian conscious that is actually in alignment and consistent and has mm-hmm. fidelity with the word of God. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So there are, there are many written accounts on prophets who were men, but at the same time, there are also many times in the Old Testament we read where there were prophetess such as Miriam and Exodus or Deborah and Judges and Huldah, if I'm saying it right, Huldah, <laughs> and uh, Second Kings. What, how does the church reconcile and discern what roles women should and should not be a part of concerning what the Bible is communicating to us with, oh, there are women as prophets, there's men as prophets, now we can all be prophets? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that there are a few things here that we need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, first, again, we need to see that in the Bible, the role of a prophet, and in the case of you naming these women, then prophetesses, right? Um so the role of a prophet, prophetess, is actually different from the office or the role of pastor, elder. So mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that we uh, need to see. And this might get confusing, but you, yeah. know, you just have to dig a little bit deeper, or mm-hmm. the audience would have to dig a little deeper into this issue to see the distinction between those roles. So just mm-hmm. because you see a prophet or prophetess, that doesn't mm-hmm. equal pastor, yeah. elder, right? Um, uh, and therefore, um, when the restriction that God places on the office of um, pastor elder that among many other qualifications that a pastor and elder has to have mm-hmm. a pastor um, elder must also be a man. Um, and mm-hmm. again, that's, you know, first Timothy chapter two, Titus chapter one. I think that's the consistent record that we have yeah. uh, throughout scripture in terms of um, spiritual leadership um, uh, within God's people. So we need to then understand that we have to abide by the parameters that the Bible gives us for the qualifications for a pastor and elder. Yeah. Okay. Um, so to put it all together, since the role of a prophet is not synonymous, it's not the same yeah. with the role of a pastor elder, then we shouldn't say that since God appointed some women as prophets, that they should also be pastors 
um, because prophets and pastors are not the same thing yeah. in the Bible. So uh, we need to see those clearly. And I think sometimes when we don't see those kinds of things clearly, then we kind of mix it all together. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I think a lot of the confusion comes from. Yeah. You know, that, that's really good because I remember having a conversation one time with um, a family friend where they're like, well, Deborah was um, a prophet or she was a judge and that's the same thing as being a pastor. So mm-hmm. I don't see why mm-hmm. she led Israelites into, um, uh, out of, uh, out of, she led Israelites into war and out of war yeah, and, yeah. you know, put them in victory. You know, God right. used women. So why can't women keep be, you know, in pastorship? You know, so right. that, that was an argument that I heard and I was like, shoot, I don't know. You know, yeah. that's a good yeah. point, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because let's say even in the story of Deborah, it's really interesting because she actually doesn't want to be the one to lead mm-hmm. the yeah, army true. into battle, right? Mm-hmm. But because the men were unwilling to do it, yeah. you know, she she goes forward with it. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, I think we also, we, uh, although we, we don't get like explicit data explaining all of that for mm-hmm. us in the Bible, um, there are hints that Deborah even understands, yeah. you know, the, the relationship between men and women as well to some yeah. degree. I think we get hints of that. Yeah. So uh, I guess the question I have is how can, you know, let's say someone goes and they read, you know, the book of Judges. How can we see Deborah being used uh, for the greater purpose, for God's redemption plan at a, at a narrative level? Because sometimes I think we tend to be so in there that the only thing we can see is, oh, God used a woman so God can use me. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think we have to be careful. Um, to allow all of the scriptures to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when we take a story, like uh, the, a, a narrative uh, in the book of Judges, and we don't allow the other biblical information that we have mm-hmm. like uh, to speak into that situation as mm-hmm. well, um, I think we, pin, we begin to pin the scriptures against each other. The, mm-hmm. the scriptures agree, right? It's mm-hmm. God's word. There, there isn't... Um, contradiction within God's word. And so we, we need to see the the unity in scripture mm-hmm. and allow the less clear passages yeah. to be interpreted by actually clear passages. So in the New Testament, when you have the clear passage yeah. that men sh- are not allowed, I mean, that women yeah. <laughs> are not allowed to be pastors, elders in the church, mm-hmm. um, we shouldn't, um, um, we shouldn't go backwards and look at other things where it's not explicit explicitly clear yeah and say yeah. it's clear there mm-hmm. right but then where it's actually clear we mm-hmm. say that's you know somehow not relevant to the actual thing that we're looking at mm-hmm. such as in the case of deborah and yeah. so um, we have to allow the scriptures to to speak in its entirety and i understand that it's complex at that level and it gets a little bit more difficult obviously to do it at that level but i think the scriptures maintains integrity throughout and mm-hmm. so we have to allow God's word to help us to understand what's going on yeah. in its entirety. Yes, what I'm hearing is like if I were to take this and try to apply or and apply it, not try to, but apply it in my life. Um, let's say I I, you know, am a leader in the church, not pastoring or not worship or anything, but I'm just leading the church and there are no men who want to lead. I shouldn't use Deborah as a way to justify that I should be the an elder because no man is stepping up, right? I should not use this story to justify what yeah. I ought to do. And I should find someone who is capable of being an elder. I think at that time it gets a little bit difficult mm-hmm. um, and we have to exercise godly wisdom. I think um, in that case, 
for example, hypothetically, if we're using that case, yeah. then we would have to say, well, that that woman that is initially leading there realizes that the the normal pattern of mm -hmm. leadership in the church needs to be a male leadership, but but has to have qualifications as well, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be a godly person, mm -hmm. has to know the Lord, it has to be able to spiritually lead the church. So mm -hmm. the desire then for that woman then is to to help to get men to the yeah. point where they can as as quickly as possible resume the responsibility of leadership in the church. So I, I realize there are, are, are times where it's gonna take some godly wisdom of of getting from point A to B. And mm -hmm. in that transitional time, mm -hmm. we need to work towards what is normal yeah. for the church. But there are those trans transitional times as well. And so, um, it, it, and that woman shouldn't just um, disappear off the scene, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, like, or no. yeah, or <laughs> it's not like you can necessarily like import a guy from somewhere mm -hmm. to do that. But you need to work as quickly as possible. Yeah, to raise up towards that exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So I think that's one way that you can approach that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. So I'm going to throw this one at you, but, you know, you were a worship leader, you know, uh -huh. and you still kind of, yeah, you still, still are, right? I, I seem to not be able to get away from it. You know? <laughs> yeah. So coming from that, uh, that experience, how do you, um, you know, what are your thoughts on women uh, being worship pastors? Because, you know, we have in First and Second Chronicles where um, the kings such as Solomon and Hezekiah and Josiah, they assigned priest roles, right? And one of them was worship. And we saw that all of them were men. So how does that, um, how do we interpret that? That. Yeah, I think um, I think it, it, the key here is one of the words that you used, which uh -huh. is worship pastor. So mm -hmm. we already talked about how in the New Testament, it's clear that the role or the responsibility or the office of pastor is restricted mm -hmm. to men. So if you're saying worship, pastor already, yeah, yeah. then that already necessarily excludes it to men. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more controversial on this next point, which is to say, can women um, lead worship in the church? Mm -hmm. And this is one area where I would be a little more open to, mm -hmm. so long as they don't um, hold the office of, of pastor, mm -hmm. because um, as they are leading worship, it's not necessary, it's not as though they are necessarily teaching the church doctrine of theology, but they're yeah. leading songs, for example, mm -hmm. that the church already agrees on the doctrine of theology of the songs that they're mm -hmm. singing, right? Yeah. And so that's one area where I will admit I'm a little bit more open to, yeah. but definitely not the role or the office of pastor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I had a really great time uh, discussing these topics with you today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, but, you know, overall, what are some key notes that you want um, the audience to take away? You know, what are some things that um, Christian men and women should uh, should respond to this radical feminism? Yeah, I think one of the main things that I want us to take away, and we've discussed this again uh, mm -hmm. earlier already, uh, is this whole idea that I think too many times the church or Christians have um, understood things or, or, or think about things the way that the, the world and the culture is actually teaching us to mm -hmm. think about them. And I think that, that that's a huge issue. We want to understand the world. We want to understand the things that we think about, mm -hmm. um, uh, by first understanding 
the truth that God's word teaches us yeah. about uh, how we need to be thinking about the world, uh, how we need to be thinking about culture and society and the concerns uh, that we have in society. So I would just say uh, John chapter 8, uh, verse 31, 32, some of my favorite Bible verses. Jesus says, um, uh, uh, if you are truly my disciples, you will abide in my word. And then mm -hmm. what does Jesus say after that? Those very popular, very popular Bible verse that people quote a lot, but we don't realize it's from the Bible. Jesus says, and you will know the the truth. Yeah. And the truth will set you free. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so where do we know the truth? We know it from God's word. Mm -hmm. And again, in first second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, the apostle Paul writes, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Yeah. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. So we want to evaluate everything by the truth of Christ, which comes to us through the word of God. And so that would be my encouragement to believers out there is just don't accept whatever kind of thinking that's out there that, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, is infiltrating the church, but we need to think the way that God mm -hmm. wants us to think. And that's going to be through being informed, being transformed in our minds, in our lives through the word of God. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that. And one thing that I can definitely take from our conversation and apply it into my life is not to not to uh, come from a feministic point of view or not to come from a Black Lives Matters or a um, LGBT kind of mm -hmm. um, kind of perspective and go read the Word of God, but read the Word of God for what it is right. uh, and not have those biases because we can be uh, clouded uh, from those movements, from those uh, different perspectives and biases. And yeah. we won't be able to um, dig in deep uh, what the, for what the Word of God really has for us to know. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, just one example really quickly before we leave here, just in, return, yeah. just in regards to um, being careful about the biases that we have. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a Hmong person that thinks that you can actually find um, Hmong people in the Bible, yeah. then you're going to find Hmong people in the Bible because that's what you started with, <laughs> exactly. right? Yeah, and yeah. so be careful of that because uh -huh. if you have that bias already, then you're going to find Hmong people on every page of the Bible, yeah. you know? And so uh, I would just say, uh, yeah, be careful of those biases. And we, the, the fact is we grow up in a society that, that is actually discipling us and mm -hmm. teaching us to think certain ways. So yeah. we have to Indoctrinating be really careful us and all that. Exactly. Thank you for tuning in today on Column for Christ first video podcast episode. And thank you, Pastor Jacob, for joining me today. I leave you with the words from Micah to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God.